Hi, I'm Dee Sterling. I'm a lover of language and languages. I'm a storyteller. I'm also a businesswoman and the co-founder of Center for Entrepreneurs. Welcome to my podcast, Double Espresso with Dee. Over coffee, a very strong one in my case, I will get curious with my guests about their journeys in life and business and how they practice living courageous, creative and interesting lives. Welcome to my podcast, Double Espresso with Dee. In my first series, I will be talking to a number of incredible entrepreneurs, some new, young and aspiring, some highly established on the wild side for many years, and we will be hearing about their stories and their adventures. In my first podcast today, I am so excited to welcome the spectacular Kike Onawinda. Hi, Kike. Hi, my gorgeous. So nice to see you. You too. I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> it's been way too long and we are so overdue a big conversation. So Kiki, for the few people out there who may not have heard of you, I am just going to do a very brief introduction. Kike is a founder, an entrepreneur and CEO, founder of BYP Network, which is considered to be the um, LinkedIn for Black Professionals internationally. It's expanding at a rapid pace and it was born out of the challenge and problems that you felt and experienced as well, which we'll hear more about. In addition, Kike is a former international athlete, a javelin thrower, no less, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The winner of um, many awards. I can't keep up, Kike, seriously. I looked at the recent list. And also uh, on all the lists that matter. I am only going to mention a few of those because it's a very long list. So Forbes 30 under 30. Well, you've had that for a while. Forbes 25 leading Black British business people to follow. Computer Weekly list of the most influential women in UK tech, the FT list for UK BAME 100 leaders. Seriously, it's very, very impressive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you and I met some years ago uh, through the Centre for Entrepreneurs. And uh, since that time, we've had not enough, but quite a few coffees and uh, more importantly, cocktails yeah. and shared our lives, our stories, our highs, our lows. Kika, I'd like to start to talk about the year that's been. I mean, what a year. And, you know, at the Centre for Entrepreneurs, our research shows that this year there have been 14% more early stage businesses registered at Companies House up on the previous year. You have gone through an incredible year. You've uh, gone through a major fundraising round. You've built the team further. You're growing exponentially. Uh, How are you feeling about it all today? Honestly, uh, just yesterday I was reflecting on the year um, and just thinking about kind of how far we've come as a company and the fact that like when COVID hit this March last year, um, I remember us kind of, we put out a newsletter saying it's all about survival versus kind of thriving or dying, right? And we ended up thriving as a business, but it was all because we were very dynamic. We were quick thinking, we were innovative and the very heart of BYP is the community. So ultimately, if it's about the community and it's a community company and the community is still there, then, you know, why wouldn't we have a business as, you know, our aim is to give as much services to the community as possible. So we, we just went straight all out in content. You know, we were trying to be the place to go for the black community for anything COVID related, careers, health, wealth, upskilling, like you name it, we literally turned out so many Insta Lives, webinars, you know, conferences, like we just kept on going and going. And I think that, you know, it just felt like the right time as well to 
place but from the community even though obviously a lot of people were going through let's say furlough and redundancies Mm -hmm. some people weren't able to find jobs we felt like actually you know this company is about the community let's get investment from the community so that we can really double down on being the platform we should be you know we felt like if that year was to happen again in you know a few years time like BYP should be the go-to platform globally. Everyone should know about us. Everyone will be like, oh, BYP Network is where we need to go. And that's really our ambition. So it's been an intense year for sure, but I'm I'm really proud of the way the company has grown. No, it's incredible what you've achieved and what you've accomplished collectively. And tell me of what you've just mentioned, the different themes that you put out, the different platform initiatives and so forth, were there one or two that really took off that surprised you in terms of interest from the community? Honestly, uh, so we really started our corporate webinars last year. So we mm-hmm. did a really strong one with Goldman Sachs, which I still think about because it was just so powerful. Um, right. All the advice that they gave. Um, the title was Leadership in a Time of Crisis. Right. You know, it was by like four top senior leaders at Goldman Sachs, black senior leaders. And they just, you know, they were so authentic. They gave us everything we needed to know, you know. Um, all Such, about like just, what? Give me an idea of, of something you personally took away. <laughs> kind of like feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Like you are leading in this moment. You are also feeling fear. You're also going through things, but you also have a team and you have people depending on you. And just by very right, you are seen, you are in a spotlight. So you still have to act accordingly. You still have to kind of, you know, bat away some of your worries, your fears and just go for it. And you might fail. You will fail. Fail is part of it. But the key is to learn from that failure and just keep going. And I think hearing those things from them who are like so top in their careers and knowing I'm on my own journey and I've gone through different things, um, you know, different worries and, and scares and failure and hear that. So it made me kind of feel like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. Yeah. It really hit me. And, and at the back of that, we decided to do our leadership conference. Yes. Something we do yearly anyway, but we weren't too convinced about going online for it. And, you right. know, because our offline event was so amazing and, you know, the energy in the room is what really made the event. So I wasn't convinced that having an online conference is the right um, choice. But after that event, you know, you could feel the energy in that event that I was like, okay, I guess the energy is there regardless, as long as we're all gathered together. Um, and so off the back of that, we did our, our leadership conference. Which, which was a huge success, right? Yeah. And, and tell me, in terms of, you know, a lot of people are reflecting a year in on, how business is conducted, how we engage with one another. You know, there's a lot of uh, talk coming out of places like, or research even coming out of places like Stanford on Zoom fatigue and what it means at a really fundamental level. I was talking to um, a dermatological surgeon recently and he said he feels it's had an impact on people's facial structure. Um, You know, their eyes are getting smaller, literally, because they're staring at a screen uh, and staring at a human who isn't quite there. That said, I think there's a lot of positive that's come out because we've understood, particularly when I started my career, you got on a plane the whole time. You know, we've understood that we don't need to be doing that. What changes do you think you are or will be making to the business and how you run it post lockdown? Yeah, I've really enjoyed remote uh, working, basically. And I think that's here to stay for us. Just keeping it a remote company, no matter how many employees that we have. And also like the Zoom meetings with... uh, clients but again I've seen some clients that actually now want to meet up in person so that's not really for us to decide it's on them but I really like those the most just because with clients it's quicker you know you jump on a zoom you know and if you need another one the next day you can do that too and then before you know it signed off and then you keep it moving whereas offline it you know the deal process was so much longer it took so long to kind of have that you know when is someone's diary free 
not into a month's time. Have that meeting in person. They now need to have a meeting with someone else. When is their diary free? And you can imagine it's like a three month, four month process. Whereas now, honestly, maximum two weeks. So, which is such efficiencies, right? Efficient, you know. So, if we go back very briefly to the beginning, you know, you come out of international sport, you see this need that isn't being met. And it's it's a story of all great entrepreneurs, isn't it? Solving a problem or meeting a need with what you create, which is what you've been doing uh, spectacularly, I have to add. Take us back to that time and what got you going. And how are you, Kike, today different from that young woman then? Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry, big question. <laughs> Um, okay if we go back I guess to just when I finished my sports right so at the time I I did a quite a few uh, investment banking internships so during university undergrad and you know the whole summer scheme and then I went to Florida uh, to do my sport and what essentially happened is that when I went to do my sport my view was I was going to be an Olympic champion world record holder so that's why I went there because the year I got my scholarship I'd done so well like I was about five, six meters away from like Olympic standard. And I trained on my own at university and I had just come off from having a broken back as well. So I had to do so much physio and my grades were really bad at the time. Like there was so many things happening mm. and I'm still able to throw that far. So for me, I was like, oh my God, if I'm going to Florida, you know, I've got the whole medical facility. I've got all the support. I've got the good weather. You know, I just didn't see how I wasn't going to, you know, qualify for the Olympics. It just seemed like such a no-brainer. Right. And But what actually happened is I, I kind of got then. I, I, I guess now the word is imposter syndrome. You know, mm. I didn't know that was a word, but I had high anxiety. Like right. It kind of dawned on me like, oh, my God, I'm here in Florida, so far away from home. I'm on this like 100 grand scholarship that's a lot of money. Are they sure? You know, and then you're like trying to prove yourself. So I found myself always trying to prove myself, which meant that I was just always tense. And to do sports, you can't be tense. You have to be as relaxed as possible. But I was like, I just remember the whole time I was there, just always being on edge, always being tense. And that was like anxiety. So I couldn't perform to my best. So even though I did like well out there, like in terms of like top five ever in the school history, you know, all of that. But I, I know, I mean, what a record, right? Incredible. <laughs> Athletes understand, like you go in there to be number one, right? Like that is sport. So yeah. nothing's ever good enough. That's how it feels as an athlete. And so for me, it was like, okay, I went there with an objective. I didn't hit that objective, you know? So, you know, that in itself was quite frustrating. But what actually happened and what in hindsight is like the reason I went to Florida was actually to get the idea of BYP. I just, I guess I didn't know that, right? Um, because when I went out there, you know, before my, my, my mindset was just about sports. I was like, that's what I want to do. I didn't want to go to undergrad. You know, I had to have an argument with my mum for me to actually go. You know, <laughs> believe it. Um, so that's how much I was like, just super on being an athlete. And, yeah. and that experience meant that I had to open up my mindset of like, okay, what else as well? Like, I mean, all these incredible people doing different things. They're not just athletes. They're medics, they're entrepreneurs, they're tech and um, people. And I remember just thinking like, wow, I didn't really know these other professions or I didn't know these people existed and they're so interesting. Why don't we ever see them on TV, on the news? You know, and then I got to thinking like our role models are athletes and musicians. Of or course. When the news shows anything, it's always negative, like knife crime, you know, gun crime. Like it's, there's never anything in between. There's never those people doing amazing thing in the community that, isn't sports, music, or gang related. And so all of that kind of got me just thinking like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, like, wow, this is something quite interesting. 
but I guess it really came when I came back to the UK and then I saw some of my friends were still unemployed and I started working in fintech and I wondered like okay you know other black professionals where are they because there's not that many where I'm working and you know I go to work I go home how do you meet other people it's just sure. you know, these things are just like okay what now I've graduated it all now? evolved and coming out of um international competitive sport you know and this is something you and I've talked about what do you still take with you from that time I mean there's all the obvious things but what would you say it's really part of your DNA from that incredible period in your life the one the main one is the fact that as an athlete you don't it's quite sad it's like you don't really celebrate your wins it's not a good thing but because you're like I said you're always expecting to be number one you always want to be the best you want to get a new personal um, record you're always like thinking I could do better so when you have that mindset even when you're achieving you're like oh there's more to come you know it's like this achievement fallacy And technically, I have carried that into business, where but it's good. I've got people around me like, let's celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Well done. We smashed it. Okay, let's go. You know, it it is a kind of keep moving. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that is, I think, why BYP keeps growing because the mindset is like, oh, we can do more. You're always moving forward, aren't you? So, Kiki, just as a brief aside, you know, given the fact that people have been in lockdown globally and haven't been able to move, what would you say to young people today who, you know, were on the track, excuse the pun, that you were on, right? About to compete internationally or, you know, working their way into the elite sports space. What would you say to them? Because some of them probably feel they've lost a year or they haven't been able to get out and compete, etc. Yeah, I mean, you know, I briefly kind of saw a bit of the sports Twitter and just saw how kind of sad the situation was. That one year is a big deal to miss in, in sports. Absolutely. Like, that would be the year that you blow, that you, you know, hit your peak and you hit your best. There's so many athletes that literally one year, everything happens, then the next year, they're not as good. It happens all the time. So I can only imagine how many athletes feel kind of robbed because that year has gone. Maybe they were going to be the top in their year group as well. And that matters as well. Of course. So, and I read, um, I saw some articles that, what's happened during COVID is that they've banned everyday athletes or athletes who are going to be elite from using the tracks, but only those on funding can use the facilities. Right. And that's really bad because it happened when I was at Loughborough and when I used to train there and they only let the funding athletes use the gym at certain times, but everyone else is on their way up. We just haven't got there yet. And we aren't getting the funding. You don't, when you get no support until you literally make it. So imagine now as an entrepreneur, you get no support until you actually hit a billion dollar valuation. That's essentially what they do in sports. So there's a lot of people who are just really like, you know, down, they're quitting. They feel lost because some of them didn't go to university or if they did, they weren't thinking about careers. I think for all those people, it's just about taking stock, you know, just one, being grateful that you're alive, you're well, you're fit, you know, assessing your plan. So even though you missed that, that year, the training that you did do, where has it got you? Have you totally. maintained your level of fitness? Have you regressed? Maybe then you have to, you know, work a bit harder for this new season, you know, train a bit harder or, or well, you know, still be careful in terms of injury, but just really reassess your plan essentially and know if this is something you still want yeah. to do. And just accept that fate is fate, right? The year has gone, everyone missed out on it. So it was no one's year, essentially. It was no one's year and we all have to move forward, right? And yeah. not have eyes in the back of our head looking backwards yeah. in my view. Yeah. So Kiki, talking about you, how have you changed? And 
You know, I'd like to touch on the challenges for women in business and women entrepreneurs. And clearly, you tick an awful lot of boxes. I mean, one, you're a spectacular individual. But, you know, with the narrative that we've seen over the past year with young people, what's happening in the, you know, with Black Lives Matter, all these different themes, uh, you are not just running a fast-scaling, dynamic business, which is going global and is going the whole way. Go Kike. Um, but also, you know, you're much in demand and people want you. And we've touched on this, you know, they want the founder, they want the woman at the top, not that you necessarily see yourself in that light. How have you coped with that? And what has the impact been on you? Because there's only one of you, there's only so much energy, you know, gas in the can. What have been the challenges to you and, and how have you managed? Yeah, I mean, great question. I think so last year, again, when COVID hit, it was just full steam ahead. I just zoned in. I just, you know, was on my laptop from like 9 a.m. to 12, you know, a.m. It was just nonstop. And I felt fine doing it. I felt energized. I don't know where that energy came from. And I did over about 40 talks last year. It was just so many. And again, I didn't realize like I didn't, you know, I had the capacity to do those 40 talks um, and I just kept going. And then I just crashed. That's the best way to describe how, how it felt. It was like, I just didn't want to do another talk. <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to do any more. Was it physical or was it psychological? Were you just like, I've had enough? I think it was both. Mm. It was both. Like psychologically, like if I thought about a talk, I actually got a headache. Right. So like, you know, doing this now. <laughs> it was real. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. I didn't do any kind of speaking engagement for about three months, essentially. Anytime anyone would contact, we'd say no. And even now, I've limited it. Like I can't mentally the thought of having to do that many speaking engagements just still gives me a headache you know I think I don't have that energy I had last year I don't have that I don't maybe that wasn't really me that was somebody who COVID has struck and I was in fight mode um, and obviously fight mode is not permanent fight mode is just in that mode but now I'm if I'm back to normal I've just dipped you know because that energy was actually a lot and zoom fatigue as I said is real I'm staring it's at so real. You know, back to back you know, cameras, you know, doing recordings and stuff and just kind of giving my everything and then just thinking, oh my God, my body is just done. My head is just done. So it definitely has taken a toll. And I think, I think it's a good thing though, because Mm. I know that I've, I've given a lot. That's one thing I can put my hand on my heart and say, I know I've given a lot. Um, And there's only so much I can give because at the end of the day, health is wealth. And so I just need to focus on my well-being. And if it's a no, it's a no. Even if someone's upset or offended, there's nothing I can do about that I just need to and also my business speaks volumes we do so many webinars you know we sponsor events where we're everywhere where we gave out a thousand free books just this last month for marketing like we you know we do so much so like I'm like take the stuff my business is giving (laughs) you know I don't have to be the one all the time and I think that's the fight because like you said it is still demand It, it still comes so it's a growth I'm growing and how do you you know, people like us, we don't necessarily talk about everything being in balance because we just give everything we do our all. And, you know, I don't think we use the kind of work-life balance terminology so much, but it, it is some degree of equilibrium is important because of families and connections and relationships and so forth. How do you create time for really you and not being, you know, the CEO, the founder, the woman charging ahead at the helm of an incredible business. Uh, the example that you set, because as, as we all know, whether you have a team of two or whether you have a team of 50 or 50,000, they look to you. You're the leader, right? So how do you do you and create time for you and for the relationships and for all those other things that really matter to you outside charging ahead in the business? Yeah. So I'd say last year, um, so from when COVID hit till, you know, about the end of the year, 
that like there was barely any time for me it was literally just working you know I had to even some things I spoke I was like I'm just gonna, going to be honest there was no work-life balance but there wasn't anything to be balanced is also how it felt because <laughs> we were locked down you know so it's like you know I didn't see I'm not someone I don't meditate or do any of that stuff or yoga which I probably should so I didn't see we'll talk about that separately <laughs> an alternative it's like well I might as well be on my laptop I might as well respond to this email so last year was like there wasn't much time for me I managed to uh, go away for two weeks to Aruba and that was and I didn't do any work in that period and so was that that weird did that feel strange it felt felt nice to be fair (laughs) because it was so much work and we got VIP to a place where we could hire more people as well getting those people in who were like taking over segments you, you could feel that difference um, so it was actually a nice place of like, wow, all the sacrifice did lead to high output. So I'm very happy about that. Um, whereas now, yeah, like I don't work weekends, for example. I try to shut my laptop by about eight, you know. Um, some people are like, eight. <laughs> <laughs> she got missing in action. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I tend to chill on like Fridays. So like just put some music on, uh-uh. you know, got shisha here and, you know, some cocktails. So I try and put those moments in um, and do like an hour walk a day as well. well so it's become more like, and my mindset now is more like, okay, I need to make sure I'm taking time mm. and, you know, resting. Um, and sadly, I've got long COVID. So, oh, I know. So I'm quite fatigued, headache. So that has now also added to the pressure. So I know. I'm so sorry to hear that. And that just takes its own time, right? So you just have to look after yourself, really. Yeah. Put yourself in the, in the in, you know, as number one, which I know, you know, is difficult to do, yeah. given everything else that's going on. Tell me, looking out to the future, what are you excited about? I'm always excited, funny enough. Like, you uh, are, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Even back when we, uh, like, Netflix, right? That's like nearly three years ago. Oh, my so. gosh. I've always been an excited person. I'm genuinely quite a like always looking forward to the future and oh my God, I'm so grateful. And so that is my general attitude. So even if something happens, I'm not like, I don't take it all in and celebrate like massively. I am still the next day like, oh wow, it didn't have to be that way. Like how amazing is that? Mm. Um, So I'm just excited for, I'm excited for the growth of BYP Network. Um, You know, every day I'm always just like, we haven't even started. Like this is just the beginning. Like still so heavily UK focused, um, even though our membership is global and we're like, this year really, really is about expanding globally and having ambassadors in different cities. That was the aim last year, but obviously when, once COVID hit, we couldn't do um, those plans. So now we shifted it to this year. And our conference at the end of the year, um, October 29th, uh, we really want to make that a hybrid spectacle. I'm excited just about the innovation of BYP Network and the impact it can really have, and it is already having. I think that's what excites me. Like I've been able to actually come up with an idea that is a real solution for the black community yeah no it's incredible and you have been done an incredible road and I'm super excited to see how it all goes ahead and how it evolves and develops and grows and you're clearly on the, on the point of going really really big which is obviously given where we started and how we got to know another it's, it's incredibly um special and emotional for me personally I have to say so Kiki listen um couple of things I always ask my guests a couple of questions so I have a couple of questions for you before we wrap one if you have a superpower what would it be so in my case I guess my superpower is I'm my talent if I have one is really making people shine and making them a better version of themselves you know so that they can really shine and, and rise you know what would you say your superpower is oh my god 
I feel I should know this. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I I guess for me, what I like gathered about myself or, or when I compare it to other people that have also achieved a lot, I think my superpower is the fact that I'm able to check my own privilege and then open doors for other people. So like the very concept of BYP is that, hold on, I've been getting these scholarships, these bursaries, these internships. I get this job quickly. You know, I was able to get so many things so easily because, you know, you know, they saw, you know, my CV was stellar, whatever it was. And I was like, hold on, there's not other people that look like me. How do I get them in? How do I give them opportunities? And then since then, all I am always trying to do is plug people. Like I enjoy plugging people and just open the door. So I get in, open it for other people. And I think it sounds weird. I don't know if that is a superpower, but just I think it is. And also I think that, you know, you're not just doing it for one person. You're you're through the platform amplifying this a la grande, right? On you know, will soon be a very significant international level. So that's a mega superpower in my book. Um one last little question. Uh um I was saying in, in yoga we always talk about Everyone we meet is a teacher. We learn something, even the people that, you know, we like less. <laughs> and of course, those we like more. Um, what's the thing in the past year or two years that you've learned that's really going to stay with you for the rest of your life? And who's that been from? You don't need to name names, but give us a context. I think what I've learned, and it's from my mum, because <laughs> I learn a lot from her. She's always been such a kind of, just a calm woman who just, you know, she, forgiveness is always key, humility, you know, just having no expectations of other people as well. So what I think I've learned is just to be calm, basically, to be still. So like, again, if I look back at last year, I could not have predicted we'd be here. I could not have predicted the, the year we had, but all we essentially did was just, we, we, we were still, but we moved forward with it. So that faith and that calmness is what is key. Like I, ge- I generally often operate in a way where I'm just like, I believe. I wholeheartedly believe in my future. I wholeheartedly believe in BYP Network. So I don't have any doubts. I don't have the anxiety I had when I was an athlete, you know, in Florida. I'm just always at peace. And it feels so lovely to be at peace, to not be afraid about what's coming. And also to know that, you know, life is full of traumas. Traumas do happen. And I can't predict the trauma that will come. But you know what? Honestly, as sad as it is, everything does happen for a reason. And there's a learning in everything. So just being able to be still and trusting in the process, trusting in my journey in the future um, is what's key. And, and I think that has been my biggest learning. Like, I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the future. Oh, you definitely are not. And, you know, I guess in a way that's the biggest gift, isn't it? Peace of mind, which, yeah. you know, you display in spades. Kike, we have to wrap. It's been such a joy to see you. Thank you for sharing with me today. It's been so wonderful to see your beautiful face. And, you know, the second we can get out, you and I are going to our favorite place for cocktails. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait, obviously. Can't Listen, wait. Thank you for having me. Thank you, my gorgeous. And um, good luck with the uh, TV show tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. All right. Take care. Let me know. Lots of love. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Double Espresso with D, with me, D Sterling. If you enjoyed it, I'd love you to review and subscribe to the podcast so we can share these amazing stories with others. I'd also love to connect with you. So feel free to contact me via Instagram DM at D Double Espresso. Until the next time, au revoir.